I'm Tim Schroeder. Um, I have been based in Myanmar since 2006-07. Um, I worked for an international uh, organization. I was part of the Myanmar Peace Support Initiative team, um, joined in 2013, and since then have been engaged in working with conflict-affected uh, Karen communities in Myanmar. And um, I, I would like to focus now a little bit on the experience also of uh, Karen people who are living in ceasefire areas or still contested areas. As we all know, it has been um, five years now, um, over five years since um, the KNU, the Karen National Union, signed a, a bilateral ceasefire agreement with the government. Um, this was, um, maybe some of you have seen this quote uh, from uh, in 2013 from Karen villagers in really conflict-affected areas, the experience of the ceasefire. Uh, our villagers are like ducklings that have been in a cage for so long and now they are released. They are so pleased to leave the cage. Our villagers are free to travel day and night and are more busy and productive than before. So uh, actually the ceasefire, uh, even though maybe criticized, it really brought relief to local communities. I think everyone here in the room would agree on that. Um, there are of course challenges, and I will talk about them, but um, in terms of, um, we know those areas mostly were shot on site areas, yeah? There was uh, forced labor, um, no free travel, people were um, arrested. Everyone who's a researcher who has traveled from Yangon to Pan, I traveled in 2007 and eight. I mean, it has transformed, and also to Mesot, you know that. Uh, that also gives us the opportunity to access those areas, but um, it has been major for local uh, populations. Um, but they also, of course, pro prioritize in our uh, experience what we found in the research, uh, peace and security yeah, over just development. Um, and I will talk about the different development in a second here. Um, and of course, increased freedom of movement, level of ta taxation had also decreased uh, from different armed groups and the Myanmar army, uh, and livelihood opportunities have, had also Im improved. Yeah. Um, we know civil society, the re-emergence, that's a big factor also. And um, yeah, communities appreciate these changes, but of course um, uh, they worry what will happen. Um, and um, so looking at governance system, local governance system between, I mean, you have in, in some areas you have different <coughs> local governance actors coming together. I will focus on the biggest the KNU and the government, and uh, the KNLA and the Tamador. Um, so in 2012, a new um, phase emerged. Yeah? How would these actors work together um, <coughs> who were fighting each other before? Uh, of course we know on, on, in the on front line, uh, in the front line there were always communications between armed actors, but now really on local governance issues. And um, local arrangements were uh, made uh, many of them uh, still security related. Yeah, we saw the opening up of the liaison offices in different area, actually embassies in ethnic uh, in government controlled areas of ethnic armed organizations, um, who took a lot of, of uh, this work up, military to military, but also more and more, um, let's say, humanitarian aid and development actors who wanted to enter those area areas and provide services. Um, <coughs> Many times, I would say these arrangements, local arrangements, they were ad hoc. And um, uh, there are also some more substantial 
examples, for instance, um, the current Department of Health and Welfare, the Health Department of the KNU, and the Government <coughs> Health Department, um, they have now a really uh, interesting coordination cooperation together. Um, it looks different in the education uh, sector, um, but um, it's interesting also to analyze why is that, and uh, it's of, often also personal. And uh, some of you know, pro I don't know, Dr. Mata, who came back from the US. I think he has a, a crucial role he played in this development. Um, nevertheless, um, these arrangements, um, they just uh, materialized, but often from uh, my research is they were not based on the actually governance system of the government and the KNU. If we look at the systems, they're quite similar. You have village, in the KNU system, you also have village track leaders, you have township, you have a district, and then you have those departments. Um, but often, there is not much interaction. Yeah, sometimes, uh, um, especially on, on economic issues, um, local battalion leaders are communicating with each other and not administrations, yeah? and people are rarely consulted about those activities. So um, this was the stage at the bilateral ceasefire, and then in 2015, we know in October, this uh, national ceasefire agreement was signed, and there was a clause <coughs> about interim arrangements. And um, we can see a, a works program during the interim period. So interim periods is from the bilateral ceasefires till we have a political solution of ethnic conflict in Myanmar, which we all know uh, can take many, many years. Yeah? Um, and so um, it, it is stated there that we recognize that all ethnic armed groups who have signed a key parties, uh, are key parties responsible for promoting development, security, regional stability, and peace for civilians living in their respective states and regions. Um, so during the interim period, uh, it is agreed to carrying out the following programs and project consultation with each other in ceasefire areas. And then you have here those different uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, programs, and uh, health and education is there, um, economic development, and also for larger um, uh, development programs, it was written that uh, communities should be consulted and um, uh, also, it should be done according to the EITI standard, yeah. Uh, ex, um, extractive yeah. initiative. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, so this uh, this all sounds good, and um, when you talk to armed group leaders, KNU leaders, uh, this this uh, this clause in the NCA it really represented more than uh, it was an acknowledgement of their legitimacy in terms of provision of governance and service alongside or in parallel with the government, but in coordination. Yeah. Now, when you look, we are now one and a half year later, uh, we have seen uh, peace building infrastructures been built around the political dialogue, the UPDJC, and then around ceasefire monitoring, the JMC. But this here has not been addressed. There has not been a, a, an infrastructure uh, which has addressed those issues. And um, um, so I would say this is quite problematic because um, what we see is um, that uh, often the government is not, I would say, or the, also the ethnic armed groups are not uh, uh, standing on this agreement and they're trying to work together. And uh, 
like I uh, said before about the KNU departments and government departments, so for instance, the KNU has a land policy and the government has a land policy. How do you apply it? Yeah? And here's a, here's a quote from uh, uh, the current uh, uh, chief minister, uh, the new Dor Nan Kin Tue Min from the NLD. And she said, the KNU created the land plots in accordance with their land policy in their controlled areas. We said they could not manage it like that as the management of the land is carried out by our government. We must be the one who does this. We explained this to them as well as to the villagers. We tried to convince them that there's only one policy in our region. Peace talks are happening and we also have gained peace, but we have to follow up on such sequels to the peace process. So of course we can say um, she, uh, her, her government, NLD, they did not negotiate uh, the ceasefire agreement. Um, but um, this is problematic, yeah? um, and how to address it. The bilateral ceasefire between government and the KNU stated that the government will recognize KNU land uh, titles, and it has never happened. Um, so yeah, looking at those areas, so uh, the areas, conflict affected, they opened up not only for NGOs, INGOs, to provide services um, for the people, but also the opening up or for private businesses. Yeah, and what we see is um, that there has been a lot of land grabbing and um, natural resource extraction, and with very negative impacts on local populations. Yeah, there's a major uh, concern about uh, infrastructure projects, uh, dams, cement factories. Yeah, um, I just came back from a cement factory. They're gonna want to build in Berlin Township. Oh no, in uh, Tatone Township. And uh, the KNU and government have never talked to each other. It's the company who talks to both. <laughs> and they're, they're, the company promises the KNU uh, you will get five minutes left. <laughs> um, I, have to, I have to hurry. Um, so communities want better governance and service delivery. Yeah? Um, I wanted to show you something because um, there the other presentation. One second. Um, and um, Martin Smith, uh, you were referring to Karen in other areas. Um, actually, um, I'm part of a consortium who is implementing a lift project in the Tanitai region, and it's focusing on uh, ID, Karen IDPs. And we did a baseline survey, and this is really related to local governance and interim arrangements. How's the situation for those local people? Um, so. What you can see, we did 355 household interviews in three township, townships, Palor, Taichung, and the way. Um, ethnicity, all Karen, Po, and uh, Segor were, were the most, yeah. And, um, but um, interesting to see, for instance, natural resource management, yeah. Mm. Um, that the, the people told us mostly INGOs and NGOs and KNU, they provide services, yeah? Who, who provides natural resource management training? It's the KNU and CSOs, it's not so much the government, yeah? So, um, and uh, what this is really interesting. Um, as you know, most people in conflict-affected areas and current people are farmers. In the Tanita region, it's beta nut. They heavily rely on beta nut, which is a problem, which also makes them very vulnerable to market prices and uh, monopolies. But uh, you ask them, do you own agricultural land? And they 88% say yes. Do you have official land titles? Mm. No, 73%. Mm. They have no land titles from KNU or from the government. Mm. And um, um, 
yeah, which ha has really negative impacts when when uh, companies are coming into. I'm I'm very sorry. I don't have time anymore. I think, but I. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a whoever's interested in this study, uh, we can send. Uh, I can send it to you. Um, Food shortage, yeah, 76% uh, um, of people experience food shortage, um, and um, up to up to between 55% to three months, or four to six months. Um, I wanted to show you about uh, peas, um, domestic violence. Maybe you're interested. I was very surprised that. Domestic violence against women in problem in your community, 86% responded yes. Mm -hmm. um, this would be something to more explore more. Um, will the current peace process result in lasting peace? And 46% disagreed, while only 30% uh, don't know and only 24% said yes. Yeah. Um, of course, the relationship between KNU and government has improved, there's no doubt. Um, do private business have a positive impact on your community? And 76% disagree, no. No positive impact on, on uh, our community. Um, now, there is a movement uh, by the ethnic armed organizations to establish a working committee for internal arrangements because they see we need to um, push this uh, because uh, it, otherwise uh, the government system will replace our system. Um, in the, uh, maybe in the long term this would be okay, but local governance issues are currently negotiated in the peace process. So if the government is pushing out these systems which have supported uh, their communities for many years, this is very negative and uh, could even lead to further conflict. Yeah? Uh, assumptions just on interim arrangements is without interim arrangements, negative consequences for local populations from private business projects will continue to increase. The right-based approach and the equal right to health and education services <coughs> make it important that all territory controlling entities agree on how to service their people. Um, both have to acknowledge they are the duty bearers. Yeah? Um, without interim arrangements, there will be growing frustration among those that sign the NCA or have bilateral ceasefires. And um, I think, David, you will talk about it. Without strong interim arrangements, the incentives to sign on the NCA will not be strengthened among non-signatories. I think that's the experience of the KIO and their ceasefire. Um, and locally produced interim arrangements will naturally end up being the point of reference for federalis mm -hmm. federalism discussions for the groups involved in the peace process. Um, I think uh, I will make an end. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much. Thank you.